we're going to talk about predicting the future, we can't be wishful about it because then, it's, then, it's, then we're just being silly. If we're going to predict the future, we have to talk about what inevitably must be. Because what could be, that's idle speculation, that's childish. So the belief that Moshiach is coming and that the future is going to be great is not wishful. It's not just that we hope it will be that way, we would like it to be that way. We're talking about something that must be. Basically, the reason Moshiach must come is not because there has to be an end to war, not because there has to be an end to suffering, not because there has to be a reward for the good guys and punishment for the bad guys. The reason Moshiach must come is because God's plan must succeed. And the coming of Mashiach means simply the completion of God's plan. So to say there will never be a Mashiach means God's plan will not succeed. That, of course, can't be. So what must be and what could be? Many people look forward to the coming of Mashiach because of the benefits, the goodness, peace now. Everybody will be nice. You'll be able to sleep at night. You won't have any aches and pains. Would be nice. And you know, that, I mean that's reason enough. But that's what could be. What must be is that God's plan must succeed. What is God's plan? And again, to say God's plan is that eventually the world will grow up, people will grow up, and learn to live together in peace. And then, and then they, they, there will be no war. And this is taking 5,000 years <laughs> to grow up and be able to live together takes 5,000 years? That's very discouraging. If it's a matter of our growing up and we haven't done it, we haven't gotten very far at all in 5,000 years, that's not very hopeful. It's what could be, but there's no guarantee that it will be, or that it must be. What is God's plan? Not that we're going to grow up. God's plan is that eventually he will become as real, as obvious, as necessary to his creation as breathing, as life itself. What will that accomplish? There will be a oneness between the Creator and His creation. On that day, God will be one and His name will be one. That's His plan. 
And that has to happen. That is happening. One of the differences between what could happen and what must happen, what could happen could happen at any moment. It doesn't necessarily have to be happening right now. The Mets can win again. <laughs> doesn't mean they're winning right now. What must happen is happening constantly because it is the truth. The question is only the tipping point, the critical mass. Has it happened enough to reveal and uncover for everyone to see what is happening? So God's plan is that the earth, the human condition, become divine. And that has to happen. Of course, when that happens, there'll be no war. I mean, to say the least. If people recognize divinity, if God becomes real to people, well, of course there'll be no war. But that's the least of it. There also won't be any pain. Of course. There will be no conflict. Of course not. We've achieved oneness. The real accomplishment is not that we won't kill each other. The real accomplishment is that we will have transcended human nature and acquired a divine nature. That must happen. In practical terms, or somewhat practical terms, how do we go about maintaining this attitude or this belief? There are moments in everybody's life, moments of sobriety, when we actually sense or feel or intuit a divine reality. Like what is important and what is not. For those moments we're experiencing a fixed world. The world as it must be. Doesn't last long but it's encouraging that we can have glimpses like that so that we know that it's coming. We know that it's possible and it's just a matter of refining or fine-tuning so that they stop being fleeting moments and become a permanent reality. What's going on in the world today? Every time there's bad stuff, painful stuff, horrible stuff, for many people, the faith in Moshiach gets stronger. This is so bad. It is so dark. This has got to be the birth pangs of Moshiach. 
These are the labor pains. But the pain will produce the birth of Mashiach. That's what we were told during World War II. These are the birth pangs of Mashiach. But to believe in Mashiach when things are bad is not the real thing. Because what, what it boils down to is now we really want Mashiach. Now we really know Mashiach must come because it can't get any worse. But then the desire for Mashiach is not a symptom of our refinement, of our higher mindedness. It's simply we don't like to suffer. That's not noble. And, and, and then the, the desire for Mashiach becomes an option. Yes, we want Mashiach to come because if things are terrible. Of course, if things got better, that would be good too. With or without Mashiach. So if the suffering would stop, for whatever reason, we would be happy with that too. So if you want Mashiach because the suffering has to stop, then Mashiach is only an option, a could be, not a must be. The real belief in Mashiach is not a response to suffering or to pain. The real belief in Mashiach is a good world, a beautiful world, a perfectly comfortable world still needs justification. Why does it exist? Why was it created? What purpose is it serving? So when we hold out peace, brotherhood, uh, painlessness, if we hold that out as an ideal, then we're missing the whole point. Picture a world in where there is no pain. A world in where there is, there is no suffering and there's no death. What for? It'll be nice. It'll be very nice for a week, for two weeks, for a month. Then what? A good world, a nice world, still needs a purpose. It still needs a higher purpose. Just existing painlessly, pleasantly, doesn't justify. So when do we really want Mashiach? When we have everything. When everything is good. When there is no pain or whatever, to whatever degree we can be pain-free. When life is good when people are good, when society is nice, when the government is effective. <laughs> if that were achieved, then we would realize how much we need Mashiach. Now we think we need Mashiach because we're in pain. So the promise of Mashiach is not a promise of reward and comfort and painlessness. The promise of Mashiach is the purpose for which the world exists 
will be achieved, must be achieved. The coming of Moshiach is on the one hand not one of the 613 mitzvahs to believe in the coming of Mashiach. And on the other hand, without the belief in the coming of Mashiach, we really have nothing at all. Because when God says, follow my commandments and the world will become good, if that's not true, if the world is not going to become good, then nothing is true. Then we've undermined everything. Those who gave their lives for liberty, for freedom, for human rights, those who gave their lives for Shabbos, for Judaism, for Torah. If in the end it doesn't have to become good, you don't believe that it inevitably must become good, then what do you believe? then everything we stand for, everything we're committed to, and everything we fight for is meaningless. So on the one hand, the belief in Moshiach means the whole thing is true. That there is goodness and there is holiness and there is godliness and there is a purpose and there is a plan and history is moving us towards the fulfillment of that plan, that if you're good, you're on the right track. If you're bad, you're on the wrong track. Do you believe any of that? That right is right and wrong is wrong? That good people have to be our, our model, bad people we should get rid of? Is this, is this true or not? If we're not confident that it must succeed and the world must become godly, then we're not confident of anything at all. And that's why the belief in Moshiach is not a mitzvah. It's not one mitzvah out of 613. It's the whole picture. It's the reality and the truth of all 613. So to put it dramatically, if you don't believe that Mashiach is coming, then what's wrong with killing people? If you don't believe that the world could become holy and must become holy, people have been killing each other for 5,000 years, so it'll continue for another 1,000 years. So what? How do we get so serious and so righteous about not killing and not hurting people and not why not so without the belief in Mashiach all of our values all of our morals our whole commitment to, to goodness and to mitzvahs and to Judaism <coughs> becomes empty how will Mashiach come Does it have to be through another war? The Torah says that before Mashiach comes, there will be a, a great earth-shattering war. The great war of Gog and Magog. Which is where we get this idea that there's going to be an Armageddon and the world is going to blow itself up. And 
it doesn't necessarily involve a physical battle, a military battle. It doesn't necessarily involve the destruction of millions of bad people. In fact, if that's what it takes, then it's not messianic. It is not a, a divine world where everybody who misbehaved has to die. There's nothing divine about that. That there has to be a war and bad guys have to be killed before Mashiach can come, that doesn't sound right. That sounds like a world that is still divided, that is still in conflict between the good guys and the bad guys. Only the bad guys are going to lose. That's, that's not divine. What, what does have to happen is the world has to be shaken. The world has to fall apart ideologically, not militarily. People have to realize their mistakes, mistakes that they've held on to, wrong beliefs, wrong commitments, misguided devotions. They have to fall. In other words, truth has to blossom from the earth. And when that happens, the world is going to go through a serious crisis, but a moral crisis, an ideological crisis. Nobody has to die. The mistake has to die. Not the people. So what's going to happen? The things we believed in and trusted, the things we were willing to devote our lives to, will disappoint. We are going to go through a horrible, painful disillusionment because we thought we knew. We thought we understood. We thought we had the answers. And it will turn out that we missed the point. Sometimes by a, by a mile, because you were way off, like communism. Sometimes not so far, but not, but not to the point. Whether it's a grand mistake, whether it was a cosmic mistake, or a minor mistake. The disillusionment is part of the healing. Before we came out of Egypt, the gods of Egypt had to fall apart. Jews had to see with their own eyes that the things that the people trusted and believed in could not be trusted and didn't deserve to be worshipped. So, for example, they worshipped the Nile, the river. Well, it turned into blood and stopped being life-giving. They worshipped uh, Pharaoh. Well, Pharaoh collapsed. Could not handle the plagues. 
eventually. They worship their own achievements. But it all turned to nothing. So before there's the liberation, before there's the geula, before we come out of exile, there has to be a, a resolution once and for all that there can be no other gods. There can be no other god. God is God forever and he is the only God and that's all there will ever be from now on. So what we're seeing in our times is terrible disillusionment. It's not so much the physical tragedies or the physical damage of the tsunamis or of, or of wars and revolutions and so on. It's the ideological disillusionment because everything we've ever trusted has disappointed Let's not talk about the very dramatic things. In the 60s and the 70s, we were given so many promises. There was so much hope. If we have civil rights, we will respect each other. It's not happening. If women have equal rights, families will be healthier, society will be healthier, women will get more respect. It's not happening. If we had open marriages, trial marriages, younger marriages, free mar then marriages will be better. No, they're not better. If we raise our children with a lot of comfort and buy them a lot of things and give them a lot of attention and spoil them, they will grow up to be nicer people. No, it's not happening. Promise after promise which people really believed in, fought for it. They all disappointed. Science was a great promise. Science will solve all our problems. <laughs> yeah, but we can't plug a leak of oil. We can't stop a leak of, um, of a nuclear plant. We thought medicine will solve all our problems. Well, it turns out that we're becoming more and more dependent on more and more things, implants. <laughs> Bionic man is coming, becoming a reality. And besides, being healthy doesn't mean you're happy. Religion. Religion will save us. And now we need to be saved from religion. So what's left? Communism collapsed. Ah, you see? Democracy is the way to go. Uh, <laughs> For some people, sometimes, to some degree. Capitalism, money. If you have money, you can sleep soundly. <laughs> Not if it's American dollars. So what's left?
this is not the war of Gog and Magog on the battlefields with, uh, with arms and weapons and people dying. This, this is worse <laughs> in some sense. This is more thorough. When this gets resolved, we will have a better world. When a war gets resolved, it's just a ceasefire. So what must be and what could be? What must be is that God has to become our reality. His will has to become our will. His plan has to become our plan. That has to be, otherwise even God can't do his job right. That can't be. As a result of that, all sorts of things could happen. One of them is, there'll be no war. The other is, there'll be no illness. The third is, there'll be no death. But now we're talking about another stage and another era. In the days of Mashiach, Nature will not change. People will grow old and stay healthy, but they won't live forever because that's a change in nature. Today, since the flood, or since after the flood, the natural lifespan of a human being is 120 years. In the days of Mashiach, that will be extended. 220 years. But immortality comes at a later stage. After the era of Mashiach. So what's going to happen when Mashiach comes? When Mashiach comes, we will see clearly the truth will be obvious. Why we're here, what we are here for, what it is God needs from us, that will become obvious. And that will become our only desire, ambition, pursuit to figure out exactly what it is that God wants. <clears throat> 